it, it's the proactive nature of how do we grow our business versus saving. And I think that's a mind shift mm-hmm. uh, for people out there right now. Welcome to C-Lab, the customer education lab, where we explore how to build customer education programs, experiment with new approaches, and exterminate the myths and bad advice that stop growth dead in its tracks. I'm Adam Avramescu, and we are here with a very special guest today, Eugene Lee from Omer's Ventures. Eugene, would you like to say hi? Hi, guys. It's great to be here, and uh, I'm excited to talk, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk with you as well. We've had some good conversations in the past about customer education from the investor perspective. And so for our listeners, Eugene is a principal at Omers Ventures, which is a VC fund with $1 billion under management and over 50 investments in B2B and B2C tech companies, including Contentful, Crunchbase, Hootsuite, Clue, Rover, Shopify, Vidyard, and Wattpad, among others, some big names. And prior to joining Omers Ventures, Eugene was VP of Business Operations at Copper, which is Google's number one recommended CRM. Prior to that, founded and led the business operations team at Pinterest uh, and experienced before that at Yahoo and Pixate. So quite quite the list of, of experiences, Eugene. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Yeah, likewise. I think um, I'm excited to, to dive into kind of customer success and customer education, just having, you know, experience some of the pain points from prior lives that you had already just listed off. So that's an area of focus of, of ours at Omers and excited to kind of uh, walk through, you know, our thought process and, and uh, from there on. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've kind of seen this from, from both sides and, you know, Eugene, we've done a previous series on this uh, show earlier this year where we interviewed CEOs of customer education companies. And one question that we asked all of them was, when you talk to your investors or, or your board, what are some of the topics that are top of mind for them or, or what are you talking about with them? So yeah, I'm great, really curious. Go, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, uh, it, it's a great question that we, we think of, obviously we think through a, a lot and I would say as in kind of the, the, the lead into that, um, the, I would say a lot of the topics of conversation, especially during, during COVID and, and during this time is, you know, the issue of retention and what are your, your existing customers and how are they doing and how are they performing, which obviously lends itself into, into customer success and, and customer education and why it's such a, a passion point for, for us here at Omers, um, because everyone wants to talk about retention and gross, gross retention and net dollar retention and how do you affect that. And so these are some of the programs that we get excited about on, on how to combat um, some of the churn that happens at these at our portfolio companies and, and companies that we we evaluate as well from a prospect perspective. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. It's in some ways when when the market is growing and growth is on everyone's minds, then uh, you know net new names and uh, bringing in new dollars is super top of mind. And of course, you're going to want to uh, you know invest in companies that really support pre-sales, marketing, and and sales, but. It sounds like what you're saying, and I'm, I'm curious to learn a little bit more about this, is that, you know, especially, you know, in a situation like we are right now, protecting those customers and protecting that revenue is super important. And that's going to drive uh, increased investment in companies that really support retention, customer success, customer education. So I'm really curious from an investor perspective, what does the market look like right now for for companies who are in the customer success and customer education space? 
Yeah, I think we're I think we're at the you know tip of the iceberg in terms of interesting things that are happening within customer success and customer education. I think if you look back over the last I don't know, call it five or or ten years, you mentioned the pre-sales process. A lot of the innovation has happened um, during that you know in those in those spaces, whether that's you know sales enablement or sales engagement or all the different cuts of the category of what happens on the pre-sales side. You haven't seen that as much on the post-sales side. Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know why, um, but I think it's starting to become more of a focus. And I think as you think about how uh, companies think through how they grow their their business, obviously you can grow it through through new bookings, but you can grow uh, your business through your existing book of business, and that comes through what we believe as you know the customer success and customer education aspects, and so. I think we're just scratching the surface of, you know, I think I think Gainsight had kind of put customer success on the map a few years ago. Um, and then now you're starting to see some of the same kind of dynamic that happened on the pre-sales side starting to happen on the post-sales side within customer success of having, you know, slivers of customer education start to impact, um, you know, customers or onboarding or customer support or community or even, you know, the like the the like or analogy to to sales op now now you're starting to see positions of you know CS, cs ops come up come up and so and how do we build tools for those individuals who are affecting what is a large piece of or hopefully becoming a large piece of of revenue for these companies as they continue continue to grow so i think i think it's an exciting time to be on the post sale side uh i i think definitely gainsight had put it put it kind of on the map in a formal sense. And I think it's only going to evolve from from here on out. And so we're excited to kind of get through all the different categories and find some of the the you know next generation winners on the post sale sides. Cause it's definitely here it's here to stay. Yeah. And I think you're right. There was a, a pretty large shift in the market that started to happen especially around the time, you know, Gainsight, you're right, was doing a lot of category creation around customer success as a profession, uh, you know, trying to formalize the the role and the discipline uh, and the idea of operations and automation has just become more and more important over time because now you're building larger customer success teams who are tasked with not just protecting this revenue, but, you know, I, I think they've, they've shown in, in studies over and over that it's far less expensive to renew your current customers than it is to go out and hunt for for new business. So it actually becomes a, a trigger for expansion. But when you mentioned, you know, you, you mentioned kind of generations of, of companies and how you think the next generation will be, you know, in an even more exciting position. How, how would you say that investing in customer success and customer education today differs from kind of the previous generation of companies who are in the post-sales space? I think so. I think this lends to just almost what you just um, what you just said. I think there's a a shift that's happening, or has has been happening, and it's become ever more prevalent. Where as as companies look to figure out how to grow their business, it is not just as we've discussed a little bit on the pre-sale side or acquiring new customers. It's on the post-sale side, and it's it's the shift is happening in terms of, hey, let's not be reactive of our current customer base and waiting till that point of 
of you know churn um, or when mm-hmm. they're about to churn because that's effectively it's it's too late. It's how do we be proactive in not thinking about necessarily churn, but you know retention in the positive sense, but then also expansion, as you kind of mentioned, you know, in, in the, in the intro. And so I think that's changing how, you know, the, the shift on why, you know, investors are starting to get more, more interested in this, in this category, because it's a strategy now. It's not a defense mechanism. This is a growth strategy. And I think that's a fundamental shift of how people, or at least how we at Omer's are thinking about, about the customer success and even customer education kind of landscape. Um, and how do you deploy that as a functional strategy uh, to grow your business? And I think you're seeing it become more aware among um, not just execs at companies now, but it's filtering all through, you know, there are many more customer education roles now than there were, you know, even a year ago or two years ago or CSM roles that are, you know, yeah. more prevalent. And so I think you're just seeing that because it, it's the proactive nature of how do we grow our business versus saving. And I think that's a mind mm-hmm. shift uh, for people out there right now. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of that, too. And especially if, now if you think about the the number of opportunities that are out there, not just for CSMs are for customer education roles, but also the effort that's getting put into formalizing those skills. So you're seeing more certifications out there for CSMs. You're seeing more formalized education for customer education leaders and customer education professionals. So it's really cool to see that that market building up. But I, I agree with you. A lot of that comes from the growing awareness that customer education and customer success are not um, not reactive plays. Like I'm sure you remember there was a lot of talk uh, you know, a few years ago, comparing customer success to a leaky bucket, or, or I guess comparing churn to a leaky bucket, where if your company's strategy was built all around, uh, you know, bringing in new bookings and new dollars, but you weren't protecting your existing revenue, then you're just going to lose those customers to churn. Yeah, I think um, you're seeing, as I think as you're seeing SaaS, um, become the predominant platform or business model, you know, over the last couple years, um, even, even longer, um, you can't just fill the top of the funnel. Um, and if, you know, if, if people are getting smarter around SAS metrics, let's say. And so as people, mm-hmm. it becomes a math exercise at, to, to, to some point. And so there's plenty of smart people looking at SAS business models. And if you're just letting everyone, you know, churn out that you're adding to the top. Well, it just it's not an efficient marketplace for you, and so <laughs> you got to plug the yeah, hole. Yeah, it's that CAC LTV and, ratio, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's, so it's, you know, you can, and and then it's just, you know, you're burning, burning, burning money on the marketing side, or however you're acquiring these customers, off or not. And so uh, we've seen a lot of companies, and we continue to tell our own portfolio is, you know, growth can come multiple different ways, and so it's not always about you know, acquiring users is about acquiring the right user um, and hopefully having them stay and and uh, be cut, you know, make them successful customers on your own platform. And, and hopefully, you know, that creates that flywheel where your customers are your best, you know, in a sense, salespeople where they bring in more customers that are like minded and that want to stay on your platform. And so I think because the evolution of SaaS has just gotten to a point where you know, people understand how the business works, you know, you got to plug that hole before you go, 
you go move forward because it's not growth at all costs, at least how we view things. Yeah, and and I think there are more in the market who would agree with that. We've kind of shifted from from that growth growth at all costs mentality um, and growth growth hacking attitude to really trying to learn how to build more sustainable business. And so maybe maybe the leaky bucket metaphor is uh, maybe it's time for a new update to that. Maybe it's like with with churn, the call is coming from inside the house or something like that. Yeah, I, I would use the. <laughs> go ahead. No, I, I, we've we've in the past, you know. In some operating frameworks that I've used in the past um, at prior companies, you know, we've never really thought of it as a bucket per se or a funnel per se. Um, we've used different models. We've used, you know, our frameworks. We've used, okay, um, I think at Copper we used something that was, you know, you kind of turn the the funnel uh, onto a side, you bolt another funnel on to the other side, and it's kind of a bow tie. And we created this bow tie model. I think mm. maybe Zora or someone kind of made that uh, popular a few years ago, but it's, it's, how do you, you can't, it, the, the process just doesn't stop at the transaction or the sale of the business, right? There's another part post sale. And so I think the emphasis now is what is happening on the post sale and how do we create, you know, whatever the post sale funnel is, um, or, you know, flywheel or whatever you want to call it, there needs to be process and there needs to be tools um, and companies that are focused on that other side of, of the transaction or the funnel. And so I think that's, again, just harping on it. I think that's why you're seeing a lot of activity and innovation or people focused on uh, the space. Yeah, I, I agree and have definitely seen a lot of a lot of interest now come to doing onboarding the right way. Um, you know, even in the consultant space, we've had uh, Donna Weber from Springboard Solutions on the show before. She is all about the idea of the orchestrated onboarding and really setting up customers for you know sustainable success over time. Uh, and I think it speaks to customer success and customer education both becoming more more um, mature and more programmatic. They're not just activities you do, but they're actually part of your strategy. And so I'm curious, like when you think about investing in these companies and what what folks are doing do you see differences between the state of the customer success market which is you know had a little bit more time i think to to evolve and customer education market which maybe is making a little bit more of a, a pivot from from education services and it's kind of a newer thing do you see differences between the state of those markets um i think they're i think the two of them are starting to help create an ecosystem for each other and I think, to me, customer education is a, again, it's a strategy that helps a customer success philosophy or um, mm. idea, right? And it's a way to help um, prevent churn or retain or actually help grow your customers through adoption. It's just, it's another way similar to what you mentioned on onboarding, right? You want to make sure that, uh, your customers are onboarded correctly so that they use the product the right way and they ultimately become great custom, long, long-standing customers. And so I think customer education, it's a customer success is an idea. And I think customer education um, is a specific strategy on how we can help our existing customers a- a- adopt or, or train onto our, our platform. I think it's becoming more popular, I think it's, for me, I think it's just behind um, in terms of like iterations of customer success because Gainsight's just started um, 
you know, a, a long time ago, but I think it's just a sub theme. I call it a sub theme of a broader customer land, customer success landscape um, that's ever growing. And I think the narrative is changing on, you know, from education services to, you know, how do we best onboard and best train our customers to to use our product the, the best, which is which makes complete sense just as much as, you know, the optimization side of how do we go down the funnel and acquire the acquire the best cheapest customer on that side? And so I think you're starting to see this this evolution um, led I think led by kind of customer education. Yeah, and you know we we've even heard from from some investors in the space how their strategy is to to kind of invest down the funnel where they might have started with investing in sales and marketing platforms and you know their their respective sales ops marketing ops platforms as the years have gone on. And now it's it's kind of getting down into customer success and, and customer education. Yeah, absolutely. In- yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. No, I agree. No, go, keep going. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say it was interesting to hear you say that as well, because, you know, when I think about, for instance, you know, Gainsight owning the customer success space and the fact that you said, you know, they were they were kind of early to the party and they've been cultivating building, um, you know, building that category you know, Gainsight is is not all there is to customer success, right? There's a ton of other parallel things that happen around Gainsight's core competencies, right? Gainsight is really good at reporting. Gainsight is really good at automation. Now they've kind of gotten into like product telemetry and messaging, but there's a much broader space within customer success and that, you know, customer education is one of those parallel disciplines. Uh, are there others that you're seeing really starting to grow as time goes on? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um... I think onboarding and uh, you know the digital ad- adoption platforms are are starting to become um, interesting. I think uh, I think I mentioned you know uh, CS ops uh, similar mm-hmm. to the sales ops and marketing ops um, function um, starting starting to grow. So I think some interesting things are happening there. I think there's a there's an interesting dynamic that's happening with uh, as it relates to customer education in terms of the LMSs that are becoming a little bit more prevalent in terms of, you know, how do they think about customer education and then also the internal side as well. That's starting to bleed into kind of customer success, which is starting to get a yeah. little bit interesting because it's the same, it's, it's similar conceptually. Um, and so I think that's, again, it's going back to, it, to this ecosystem that is starting to be created led by kind of Gainsight. I, I've always compared Gainsight to, you know, um, the sales force of the CRM on the pre-sales side. Um, but then you have all this other activity led by, you know, the high spots, the seismics, the sales loss of the world um, that are building, you know, these sub themes under the kind of the pre-sales side. I think the same thing again is happening on the post-sales side um, and with all these different kind of subcategories within customer success. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see. And, uh, you know, my, my co-host Dave Darrington, he used to be at uh, at Gainsight himself, and more uh, more recently now he's at Outreach, so he's kind of seen both sides of that as well. You you hit on a couple of things that are really interesting here. One is uh, digital adoption platforms, and we're certainly seeing that as more of a theme within customer education for customer education to try to own digital adoption as part of the the customer education portfolio. And then another theme, and maybe this is the one we can actually talk about first, is just that that pivoting in the LMS space. And I haven't seen the most recent stats on this, but um, you've seen countless reports out there. John Lay from Talented Learning puts one out every once in a while that just talks about the number of LMSs that are out there 
and granted, these LMSs, some of them are for higher ed, some of them are for sales enablement, some of them are for internal corporate L&D. But there's, by some counts, uh, I think almost or, or over at this point, 900 of them. So we've seen a proliferation in the market. And, and now I think we're starting to see, to your point, more segmentation. So I'm curious, like if, if you're thinking about, you know, investing in an LMS, for instance, or, or maybe if you're talking to a founder of a new LMS company, how important do you think opportunities in the LMS space are going to be? And, and where do you see that segment going over time? Yeah, I think it's an interesting space um, for for the for the reason that you said that there's 900. There's no clear clear, super clear winners, um, in the space. And they're starting to become, you know, uh, best in breeds of, you know, sales training or potentially customer education, or, you know, on the HR side and compliance side, as you think of, you know, more traditional type LMSs. Um, mm-hmm. but I think you're, you will, well, our hypothesis is that you'll start seeing some bundling across uh, similar like categories. Like I think, you know, this customer education and the internal LMS, there could be, you know, some, some bundling there. And so I think that's just a natural, um, evolution of time where not just in LMS, but in a lot of categories, you see bundling to rebundling to, um, or sorry, the unbundling to bundling to, to bundling back again. And so I think Mm. we're, we're probably going to see this, you know, pendulum kind of swing back where there might be uh, bundling uh, across, driven by some, you know, recent kind of events such as COVID. You know, people are starting to cut costs a little bit or really look at the PL to, to, you know, figure out how to, how to get through COVID and, and evaluate the proliferation of SaaS tools that have happened over the last however many years. And so why do I need if I'm a CFO, why do I need, you know, three LMSs if I look at you yeah. know, what tools we're using? And so some of these might solve a similar use case. So do we consolidate into one that hopefully is, you know, um, pretty good in, in all three, all three aspects. And so I think from in terms of opportunities in the LMS space, I think you're seeing, you know, customer education or kind of the external LMS um, is what I call it. You're st- you still have the internal LMS for training, whether that's you know the sales training or you know teams training. And I think you you might see you also see you know the the LXPs out there in terms of those learning platforms for you know call it continuing education or continuous you know learning and development to to help to help your teams. And so I think um, what you'll see, I think you know. And you've also seen like over time, even, even, you know, at least, you know, Omer's is, 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 uh, traditionally has traditionally been a Canadian focused, uh, a fund before we moved out here to the Bay area. And we track some of the Canadian companies like Docebo and Docebo is an LMS mm-hmm. who's extended across, um, at least two of the three of those LMSs, the internal side and the external side. Um, I think there's another one that's up and coming like WorkRamp, who I think just launched, you know, an external uh, customer education, but they've also built the internal side. So I think you're starting to see some of these um, earlier stage, you know, companies think about the horizontal play versus kind of the best of breed uh, play that's 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 happening. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see with, you know, both of those examples, for example, Docebo, you know, starting for the the internal more L&D focused use case 
and start to build out towards uh, customer education and some of the other related segments. And now, yeah, now they show up in, in deals all the time, right? When you're evaluating a, a customer education platform and yeah, WorkRamp similar, right? Started with, from a sales enablement space and is now moving into external. I, I wonder like if I were, if I were starting uh, an LMS platform tomorrow for some reason, um, is there more opportunity and I don't know. I don't know if there's a straightforward answer to this. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. Is there more opportunity in in starting from an external use case and building something that's really simple, but but customer focused, and then building the internal pieces, or starting from an internal perspective and then trying to solve customer education afterwards? I don't know if you're seeing any of that in the market. Um. Well, I mean. I think you mentioned one work ramp that went from the sales enablement to launching a customer education side this year. Um, I think earlier this year. Um, I think the other example would be uh, Skilljar, right? I think they're one of the, the better ones on the external side. There's also there's plenty of other ones like Thought Industries and Intellum and and, and whatnot. Um, that are squarely focused on the external side. And I think from what I hear there, all, all of them are getting great traction, not just because they're probably executing very well, but I think for some of the points that we've uh, highlighted earlier, I think it's just uh, a trend that's happening where, you know, this is a strategy again. Um, I think to your question on which one's right to start, I I don't, I don't know, because I think you've seen success. I just listed off a couple successes on both sides. I think it's all about building yeah. the right product um, that's easy to use, that's got great features, that solves real, real pain points, potentially in different ways. Um, you know, they, they, some of the ones that I've listed are probably solving them in different ways, but that's really catered towards um, the end user. And I think that's what we look for from a, a company perspective is, you know, great teams building great products for great, you know, hopefully customers and using them in a way that um, they they love their products and solving real, real pain points. Because I think there are pain points across the stack. I think that the, the strategy or maybe the, the question is, um, do you stay in one or do you evolve into the, to both sides? Um, mm. You know, does Skilljar or Thought Industries ultimately um come over to the internal side at some point in down the road um, or do they stick at just the, you know, on the external side? Um, I think yeah. that's probably the more potentially more interesting uh, question. I think my belief is that I, I think if you look at the Dechebos of the world who are having great success um, or you mentioned work ramp in terms of, um, you know, the, the both sides of the house, um, I think in, 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 in light of COVID and what I described of CFOs looking at, you know, the PNL, I think even from a user perspective, the, the horizontal approach of having both sides somewhat benefits where we're heading, at least our opinion is, just because it's a single UI. Um, people, the end users are familiar with, you know, one product versus I need to log into multiple products with learn and train on two different products. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they're all easy to use in general, but you know, you still have to go through that, that onboarding process for, for both. And so there's a little bit of a trade-off and inconvenience of, you know, the single platform and going back to that, you know, bundling that I had mentioned, mentioned, uh, 
earlier. And so, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it all plays out. But I think um, it's an interesting question for sure. Yeah, I, I want to pull on that thread a little bit more because it's it's such an interesting question when you think about there's a tension, there's an inherent tension to deciding, you know, how horizontal you want to go in terms of the markets you serve, because at a certain point, you're yes, you will limit yourself by building exclusively, say, for a partner audience or for a customer audience or for an association audience. And that's why so many of these these companies are starting to build either parallel products or just expand their use cases like uh, Thought Industries, for instance, moved from more of the association and professional learning world into customer education. Um, but you have to balance that at the same time with, you know, if you if you're serving everyone, then you're you're kind of building for no one. So for all these companies and we've we've been talking to a lot of their CEOs on on the air, just really thinking about who their target audience is and who they're building for is so important to preserving that user experience and making sure that their features resonate. So when you when you talk about bundling, I kind of want to pull on that thread a little bit more because one other area where I'm starting to see it is sort of like what when when I was at Optimizely, what we did at Optiverse, where we had a a kind of a federated help center, LMS community, we had in-product education built in, and they were different systems that were kind of skinned to look similar to each other, but still had a lot of underlying, you know, integration challenges, identity challenges, SSO was was a big issue. So I'm just curious, are you seeing any activity there or interesting approaches to creating more bundled customer education suites that don't necessarily just go across those horizontals, but maybe even go across those different modalities. Yeah, I mean, I think the the most uh, the the category that I could see kind of going into each customer education or the other is uh, we mentioned the digital adoption platforms and the onboarding, like the WalkMe's or the Pendos of the world, and how mm-hmm. that is that is if you think about onboarding in this in product um, adoption, is that similar to customer education because you're educating you know certain steps to partake you know as you as you go through now i think um you know some of the traditional uh customer education companies like uh skill jar and thought industries at least the two that we've we've mentioned they're not they're they they they've taken a different ap- ap- approach right through through courses and and um, through certifications and 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 from that perspective but I could see that in the future where those two could potentially blend in either customer education going into those uh, digital adoption uh, platforms or vice or vice versa. Um, so that that would be the one that I think they're the most similar use cases if we're just sticking in, you know, customer education and, and customer success. I want to go back to one of the things you ter- you, you, on the bundling and and. Um, you know, how Docebo has gone and added external learning. Um, I mean, you've seen it on the sales side too, right? In terms of um, um, some of these categories of sales enablement and sales engagement, they're all feature creeping each other, right? And so they're all mm-hmm. expanding, trying to expand those use cases because they're they're, they're not stuck, but they, they've been focused on on sales. And so how do you continue to grow the market or, or um, add new customers to, to what they've that they're originally selling. So I think it's just, it's, you're going to see some of this consolidation on the sales side, especially, but then on the customer education side, I think you could see it um, on the, on the customer education and, and then on the LMS side as well, as we mentioned before. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting to see where, where those markets go because 
you're right, LMSs are enjoying kind of a new a new life and a new vogue because of you know the the shift towards online learning and also I think towards the kind of the proliferation of of a skills economy. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of LMSs and uh, anyone in general who supports the certification space is seeing increased importance on the ideas of building um, building and and credentializing skills. And then at the same time, digital adoption platforms are really gaining a lot of traction because, I mean, I remember when they first started to come out, and even though the idea of performance support in a product isn't exactly new, the fact that these digital adoption platforms were coming to prominence, it sort of seemed like the holy grail at the time. Like, oh, if we're in the business of educating our customers, what better place to bring our our customers than than in product and educate them in the product while they're using it? I think the trade-off there comes down to what I what I would call surface area. You only have so much space to educate a customer on something within the space of the product. So you kind of need both. And I would I like you would be really interested to see, you know, if there is kind of a single company or a single suite that really tries to solve both of those. Yeah, I think I I I uh, I, I would also say that on the you know, you mentioned surface area as either call it a not I don't want to say it's a limitation, but just it's it's a uh, it's one medium, right? I think you know, mm-hmm. what you've seen on the customer education, customer, you know, this is digital adoption, you know, for the pendos and the onboarding and in product and product stuff. I think on the customer education side, there is a little bit of that because some of those customers are in, you know, have digital platforms. But I think the on the customer education side, you can also think of it as, you know, offline customer education too, right? And so like, not everyone has to, not everyone's business is in so-called internet business, <laughs> right? So how do we use customer education into the larger potential market um, or or the, or LMS, right? In terms of learning and skilling, you're not just learning to do your job um, for what me and you do um, from a, you know, call it tech perspective, but there's plenty of other jobs where customer education or internal LMSs and trainings where that is, is a factor. And so does that open up a whole new world? Um, and Maybe there isn't consolidation. Maybe Skilljar or you know Thought Industries doesn't have to, um, you know, go to the internal side or or to the digital adoption side because they're servicing customers that are just non-tech, right? Too. And so mm-hmm. I think I think that's what's exciting about this this category. Um, call it customer education, customer success, even kind of you know a little spin on the the LMSs is that the application and use cases are they're they're profound right and so i think it's just all about finding the the again for us the right founders the right companies that are solving the you know the pain points that potentially have you know what i just said is a big market yeah i i think that's a an incredible point when i think about the trajectory of customer success you know a lot of that came from software products right like salesforce was one of the the earliest companies really building a formal customer success practice but it's not like the idea of account management, for instance, was new. There were companies in the offline space doing that already, but then they've been absorbing ideas from the tech companies you know, through this new lens of customer success. And so something similar could happen with customer education, where it's not like the idea of customer training, customer documentation, all of that is new. Uh, it's not like it hasn't existed in the offline space, but you're starting to see some companies in non-tech industries starting to take some cues from tech because it's helping to make them more agile and more efficient at what they do. So I think I think we'll continue to see that, just like you said. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially during, you know, the time in the pandemic that we're in now, where in some of these cases, uh, training, uh, whether internal or external, might have been on site, right? And now you, mm-hmm. if you want to, you, you got to be, you know, socially distanced or at least doing them online, right? To do the training. Yeah. So what are those delivery mechanisms now? And I think that's that's just another trend that kind of reinforces why, you know, this is such an interesting area. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to ask you two questions uh, related to advice. And, and the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, if you're talking to all the potential founders out there, I know we have some founders and early stage companies who listen to the podcast. What advice do you have for, you know, a founder who is maybe starting a company in the customer education or customer success or post-sales space? Um, and, you know, they're hoping to uh, to get an investment in the future. What What would you recommend they think about? And this is a pretty general, <laughs> a pretty general question. Um, I think in terms of like, I would think if you're just starting off, I would think about what's what's a pain point, whether it's customer education or customer success, that is the biggest pain point that just hasn't either been solved by, or most likely solved by technology. It hasn't been solved by technology, whether you had to throw more people at it to, to, to fix it. Um, and so is that some sort of automation or, or workflow? Or is it a medium for what we kind of just talked about from a customer success, uh, a customer education perspective? I think it's just finding what are the the, the biggest uh, pain points that haven't been solved or have been solved very poorly. Um, and really, for my advice is, how do you solve it for the end user? Don't solve it for for the manager or for the VP or for the CEO. Like solve that pain point for who those frontline, you know, CSMs or customer education um, folks that are, you know, going and talking to the customers. Like, what are their pain points? That's where I would at least start, and then maybe you grow your pie, you know, from there. But what are those? Because I think there's still so many pain points that just haven't been talked about um, as much as you know they were on the sales side. We're at the just the beginnings, and and as this thing continues to evolve. You know, whether, you know, um, you consider account managers on on the CS side or, you know, support or there's so many factors where there's just a lot to be hopefully, you know, created over the next several years. Yeah, I, I think there's a ton of opportunity in front of us. And, and that actually kind of brings me to my my last question about advice. And, and bear with me, Eugene, we're, we're taking the bow tie model to this conversation. This might be an even more general question. Um when we think about the fact that this space is continuing to grow and we have more people, more new people coming into customer success than there ever have been, more new people coming into customer education, some of them coming from customer success than there ever have been, uh, I guess, what what advice or perspective would you give someone who is new to the customer success or customer education space? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, one, I think... Uh, the number one advice is I would quite honestly talk to people like you, Adam, um, and, and create that community and, and network system within CS professionals, customer education professionals, because I think it's still relatively early where people are still figuring out what those best, best practices are. 
I think a lot of people have ideas and frameworks, whether it's the bow tie or, you know, some other framework or, you know, CS strategy of, you know, strategic accounts or selling one to many. Like, I mean, I think people kind of understand these concepts and, or, or they're starting to understand them, but I don't think they're talked about as much as other functions. And so it's finding that if you're starting off in these functions, it's finding that network to learn from each other and, um, help share our problems and seeing what there's, you know, what, what we're seeing versus what you're seeing. Because I think CS and customer education, you know, at the SMB level to the mid market level to the enterprise level are all different and they're all different mechanics. And so, and I don't think we talk about them as much as we do on the sales side. Um, there's plenty of stuff that's written on, on, you know, on the sales, even if you are mm-hmm. a, large company to a one person, I'm still the CEO founder selling, right? And so I just think um, finding that network and starting those conversations is only going to benefit, you know, the industry uh, as a whole or the function as a whole or functions as a whole. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's part of why Dave and I do this show. It's it's really, you know, we started doing this as an effort to find the others in our community and that's why we really enjoy hearing all sorts of perspectives from practitioners, from leaders, from CEOs, and, and now from uh, investors as well. So, Eugene, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show today and, and giving your perspective. Yeah, thank you for, for having me. It was, it, was, uh, it was great chatting, and hopefully I, uh, I, I shared some helpful information and how we think about things um, here at Omer's. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's super valuable advice for folks who are tuning in and may, may not have heard the investor perspective yet. Now, speaking of learning, if you, listener, want to learn more, we have a podcast website at customer.education. Not sure how we snagged that URL, but we always appreciate it. There you can find show notes and other material. Uh, I am at Avramescu on Twitter. Uh, Eugene, can people find you anywhere? Um, you can find me um, on uh, on Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, it's just uh, the the end of the URL is Eugene J Y Lee, um, or I think at LinkedIn it's Eugene L. And so please ping me any way that you can. Happy to answer any questions or help out. Excellent. Maybe one of those pings will turn into uh, you know the next portfolio company in, in the customer success or customer education space. I can't wait to see who uh, who comes on board next. Absolutely. And listener, if this helped you out, you can help us out by subscribing in Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, Leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. That helps the most. And thanks for joining us. Go out and educate, experiment, and find your people. Thanks for listening.